Hello and welcome to We Are Starting a Games Company. I'm Damien. And I'm Leon. And this is our initial pilot episode. Um, and what we are going to do is introduce ourselves and ramble on a bit about who we are and why we've decided to make this podcast. And then get into one of our very first con- concepts for a game. And when we say game, we mean... Uh, board games, miniature games, games with dice, games with cards, not computer games. Um, you might know, notice from our logo that it's uh, dice and that sort of thing. We're both fairly serious um, miniature gamers um, of many, many, many eternities of uh, practice. And we thought we should do what every, every other old gamer seems to be doing in the year of Kickstarter. And create a games company and maybe get some of our fantastic philosophical ideas and you'll discover that we get quite philosophical about gaming in general and get some of our ideas, try and get some of our ideas to market. So we're going to muddle through. But first I'm going to get Leon to introduce himself and a bit about him and then it'll be back to me. Over to you, Leon. Okie dokie. Well, um, yep, I've been gaming quite a while really um first got into wargaming in the mid 80s something like that with uh the old warhammer fantasy battle second edition um it wasn't something that i ended up um playing much with other people um you know poor school kids and all of that at that stage and um i couldn't afford too many miniatures but uh some of the supplement bits that you could get had um, cardboard counters you could cut out and that sort of thing um i wasn't smart enough at the time to think about using um a sheet of paper to put them on and move them around on so um i'd sort of set them up then you know in my spare time on a dining room table and then move them one counter at a time moving units of 40 guys and that sort of thing um wasn't very bright back in the day um i probably didn't really start Property gaming with um, other people and that sort of thing um, in terms of war gaming until I came to New Zealand in um, 1990. We should mention that we're both in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not a huge gaming creation market here, but we can do it anywhere in the world now. Sorry, I interrupted. Do go on. No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, and since then, um, I've played, well, just about every Games Workshop game that's been produced. Um, right up until pretty much the uh, the end of Warhammer Fantasy Battle, as it was. May and, I rest in peace. And um, that's when I switched across to other types of games. So um, initially Malifaux, more recently Infinity. Um, kept going with Warhammer 40,000 in the interim. Uh, and also recently started to look into some other types of skirmish games as well, such as um, the Strontian Dog game made by Warlord Games. Um, yeah, so um, what else? I'm a compulsive collector and hoarder. Um, and how? Yeah, exactly. Um, one of those gamers with a 1% painted miniature collection and lots of things sitting around. It doesn't deter me from buying more things. Um, yeah, so... That's, yeah. that's and Star Wars. I'm just looking looking at a rancor here. We're sitting at Leon's place. Right. And that, yeah, that's um that's from Period Assault, which is um mm. that's actually owned by somebody else. So um yeah, I'm just in the uh, we sort of split the painting things for it. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. My my story is probably similar. I'm Australian. I came to New Zealand when I was in my early twenties. Uh, a similar story started with role playing. Um, did a lot of D&D when I was a kid, um, very into fighting fancy game books when I was a kid, uh, and then did the natural migration to Warhammer and Warhammer 40k, and all the Games Workshop games, you name them, you know, um, Epic and Titanicus and Space Hulk and Blood Bowl and etc, etc, etc. Didn't really break out of the Games Workshop stuff until in recent years I've gone a little bit of a different direction to Leon. He's gone more to the skirmish miniatures games and I've got started going into board games. And um, I've got kids and I have an eight-year-old son, Sam, and we also do a podcast called Exploding Trash Can. I'll get a plug in. 
And I've started role playing with him, and we've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of board games, um, things like Talisman. We love our Talisman. I've always played Talisman, uh, Stuff Fables, Legends of Andor, um, uh, Descent, uh, Relic, the forty k spin off of uh, Talisman, etc. So um, I've I've gone deep into board games probably in the last couple of years. So between Leon and I, we sort of have a nice mix of skirmish level miniatures games and and board games. And I've always been interested in creating games and I've written, you know, fan supplements for many editions of Warhammer. I did an Araby supplement ages ago and the, the Stalin Inquisition, which was the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects the Stalin Inquisition and things like that. So I've always been a bit of a writer and have always put together sort of games on the side. So this is kind of a metamorphosis. We're both at the age where, um, you know, mid-40s, um, wanting to do something creative, have a bit of leeway as far as, far as our careers go to be able to sit down and maybe diverge into something else. Would that be about right? Yeah, that'd be about right. Okay, now we are going to go uh, get into one of the first games that we have been discussing for a little while. There's a couple of games on the table uh, that Leon and I have been thinking about. But the first one is Slippers. Uh, And um, we're going to give you a little bit of an intro, and then we're going to segue into a large philosophical discussion that we got into about the types of factions that we were going to do into slippers. But first, before heading down that road, which is fairly deep into the whole mythology of um, and background and richness of the campaign setting, uh, we actually need to tell you what, how slippers came to be, I suppose, and what it is. So um, it's small-scale skirmish, would you say? Small? Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, so it's essentially a small-scale skirmish game. Um, it was something that we initially conceived as sort of being board-based. Yes. Um, that's kind of up in the air at the moment. This is this is one of the uh, process things we're sort of going through with it, is um, exactly how to make it work. But sort of the concept with it is from a, it's from a real basic sort of area. And it was looking at what sort of things are out at the moment. And um, whether there was a specific type of mechanic, say, or something that's that's pretty regular with a skirmish game or a board game or something like that, that you don't see um, happen much. And the thing that we sort of latched onto is the board quite often is a static thing. And it just sits there and people move around it. It may be um, just there to provide a pretty background mm. if it doesn't have sort of grids on it and things like that. Or it's there to provide a guide to how you move and that sort of thing. Mm. And um, the thing that we sort of lighted on initially as a concept was what could you design as a game that would use the board as a key tool or implement for actually telling the story of the game mm. and um and and as something that is is an integral part to the game itself and you know boards are flat typically so we're talking about two dimensions and there we were riffing away and it's like oh dimensions. dimensions dimensions are good and all of a sudden we start springing off into well if you sort of do a whole bunch of different dimensions then you can move across a board and the board can flip and it could be another dimension and that could mean something in game terms and that sort of thing and then um, we sort of started essentially you know riffing on how we can do stuff with that um, that particular concept so that in its crudest terms mm. that's the birth yeah. of um of how we came up with slippers and it's slippers because it's about slipping between dimension dimensions um and we also like um part of it part of our i suppose mutual sense of humor is kind of terry pratchett douglas adams 
uh, Monty Python kind of British, I would say, <laughs> um, British, uh, slightly reserved and bizarre sense of humour. And, and so we liked slippers because it was a very comfortable term. It was like comfy slippers and we started ripping on the, the types of footwear that you would require to actually go slipping, the proper types of footwear to, for a, a London gent to go slipping. And so that kind of informed where we were going with it. And it built into, um, I was laid up with a very nasty case of gout and came up with the Mansion of O. And the Mansion of O is kind of a nexus in the dimensions. And it is a big, uh, very old world, infinite castle, a bit Gormenghast, uh, where the castle was infinite and lots of um, nooks and crannies. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gormenghast. There's a fantastic seminal set of Gothic books by Mervyn Peake um, that was made into a rather odd and not particularly good miniseries by the BBC a while back. But it is a vast, archaic castle that all of the denizens live in, but they don't really know why it's there or why they live in it or why they are bound to all of these traditions. On Tuesday, you must eat the blue egg. Why do we do that? Because the Book of Traditions tells you to. Um, and the Mansion of O has become this central meeting place for various dimensional travellers or slippers. Uh, and delegations are sent from various worlds and or planes to the Mansion of O to negotiate trade deals or whatever it happens to be, you know, tr trying to get power. The background of the mansion, the mansion itself is a real mystery. There are certain, uh, there are certain rooms in the mansion that have very arcane um, denizens in them and are very arcane functions that not everyone really knows and th there are portals everywhere you know the kitchen will take you to um, another dimension um, that is sort of weirdly and philosophically linked to the kitchen um, and so imagine a giant vast gothic not all gothic but 90% gothic castle with very Dickensian characters scuttling about in it, um, with, you know, a, a touch of the steampunk thrown in. So we came to the, um, we came to the point where uh, we were thinking about delegations and who knew about slipping in on Earth um, and who had enough power to round up slippers and actually go and head into the mansion. So we were basically looking at a game would be within the mansion generally and your objective is obviously based on your delegation and delegation is essentially the, the faction um, that you send and your goals are to do whatever the scenario is required um, within the mansion, but um, you um, mechanically, uh, you, there are tiles which uh, represent either rooms or corridors or whatever it happens to be in the mansion that can be flipped. And slippers can slip between uh, those dimensions um, that, that they're able to do. And being in a different dimension gives a slipper certain powers. Do you want to add to yeah, sure. So um, the initial concept was uh, for six dimensions. Yep. And um, we've sort of been playing around with trying to put them in an order, whether there's something that goes on, um, whether it's sort of a circular concept or whether it's an ascending, descending type of concept and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, we didn't... We'll just, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Just with the dimensions, it isn't... We didn't. We wanted to stay away from elemental stuff, the plane of fire and the plane of water and the plane of metal because that's dull and it's been done to death. Um, so what we are looking at is the, the circle of life, essentially, where you progress from being alive and material all the way through so yeah so we sort of came up with six stages for that uh, one of which funnily enough is life or being alive um and then the other five states basically you're looking at limbo um dream 
death, spirit, and ascendancy. Uh, yeah, and ascendancy is a euphemism for heaven, but we're trying to stay away from heaven. Um, so essentially you start, I think we moved Limbo first, didn't we? Yeah, well I wasn't going for any specific order. At well let's stage, do the, let's do it order. Yeah, there is kind of an order to them. So you can progress, and this is what we've been debating philosophically. So um, I think you start in Limbo, um, a, a, a consciousness, a universal consciousness starts in Limbo, then moves to life, then dream. I thought I thought it was dream, then life, then limbo. Okay, so it was dream. Yeah. You become you become not, to, you mm, start as a dream, that's sort right, of a, a manifestation. Yes. Yeah. So the the you know sort of a something that exists and um, has thoughts and function essentially, yeah. but without having a corporeal form. Yes, and that, then, an idea. Yeah, exactly. But a, a state of an actual um, sort of some form of consciousness. Mm. So not from, so the basis is not starting from a nothing. Mm. And then from that you go to life, mm. um, which is obviously yeah. you so know, you co- what we're currently in. You coalesce and form. If, if, if enough of the ideas coalesce, you become a conscious living person. So that's step two. Yeah. Um, and then when you... When, Shucking off the mortal coil. Yeah, when, when you keel over, when you're pushing up daisies, and if he wasn't nailed to the perch, it would be... Anyway, I do go Limbo on. is the next <laughs> Lim- Limbo, basically. you're lost. You're, you're stranded on the, um, on the shores of the River Styx. Yeah, and then from Limbo, it's a short hop to death. Mm-hmm. And from death, we are then popping into spirit. Yep. And, and, and from spirit onto ascendancy. Yes. Um, so that's oh. essentially the enlightenment type of stuff. Yeah, that's when that's when the organ. I'll I'll find an organ sound effect. That's that that's when the Hallelujah chorus starts. But slippers can bounce between these. And what we did is we came up with a very nifty mechanic, which we really like, which is your character sheet for your slipper, your core slipper, because, I mean, you've basically got a core slipper, which is like your boss and a bunch of peons um, in your delegation. Your character is a cube. And your the, the character on each side of the cube, and I, I'm making a cube with my fingers, which you can all see, obviously. Um, your character, just imagine a giant dice. Um, on each side is one of the six dimensions. And you're able to slip by turning your dice um, between the various dimensions. Okay. Yeah. So what we're trying to... this is The concept with this is it's some form of um, stat resource, right? Yeah. So... Um, as your slipper skips between dimensions, it would increase or decrease the particular number they have in a certain stat and that sort of thing. Yes. And so it's a way of essentially giving you a boost in a particular direction and a minus in another one as you sort of shift consciousness yeah. yourself. And depending on what character you are, um, you know, if you're from a death cult, then obviously you're going to be tougher in the death the death dimension than you are in whatever other. And if you're a, if you're a high priest of... Um, Shangri-La, you're probably going to be um, better in the ascendancy area. And you're also able to easier flip tiles within um, the mansion, um, which will give you extra bonuses. Plus gadgets and gear and stuff will give you extra bonuses. Um, And... That's kind of, and the delegations are kind of aligning to each of each of these progressions. Yeah, so it gets a bit hippie as as well. Oh, gets um, very hippie. The re- the reason for the cube is that um, the dimensional state that you have is more of a state of mind or state of consciousness. Mm. So you have your physical being or a spirit being or something which could be in one of the dimensions, mm. but you yourself may mentally as a slipper be channeling. A completely separate dimension. So it's yeah. it's it's sort of a don't know really um, bit of a mind screw, I suppose. It is. This is the idea well, behind it. We get um you you'll hear you'll hear in the next section when we're deep into delegation talk that um uh, the mansion itself is an entity and um who runs the mansion is this crazy old king um who has a backstory. And we, we've been playing around with a lot of that backstory as well, and that will sort of start to unfold. Um, one of the mechanics that I'm working on is because we've basically got a giant dice 
as your character sheet is at some point you get to roll the dice and work out what dimension you get on. So certain certain triggers or gadgets or whatever will allow you to roll the dice. I don't know if any of you, any of you have seen... Um, obviously, we both read Sandman, so there's a lot of Sandman sort of coming into that. And um, I've just... I've just I've just reread and watched uh, Good Omens. Similar thing. That's the flavour. Um, I think Good Omens is a really good example of the flavour. It's it's like the the staunch British stiff upper lip facing the oncoming Armageddon. Um, because in the outer darkness, um, um, coming for the mansion are you know the great old ones and the Cthulhu's. Um, and there is a there is a weird dark menace that is trying to overthrow the ma- the mansion, and that's that's sort of shaking down. So, we reached the point where we were thinking about factions because you always got to do factions if you're doing a skirmish game. It's the rules, um, and the ones we were coming up with the the the, the core one that we came up with was uh, the gnomes of Zurich. That that was the first one that we came up with. A lot of this. I'm very interested in conspiracy theories and a lot of this is playing on the ridiculousness of conspiracy theories and if they actually manifested as real world things who knew about the mansion and knew about slipping and dimensions. So um, there'll be a lot, and Gnomes of Zurich is obviously um, a fairly core conspiracy theory. As I said to Leon, the gnomes go, step one, steal underpants. Step two, step three, profit. So, so they're up for profit. And they're not actual physical no's, <laughs> although they could be and they might be. Um, but they, they're after money and they're after selling stuff and building up their power base via money. Okay, and another one, what was the one? Another one. It was the American Dream. Yeah, the American Dream, which is... Um Essentially what it says, um, it's the sort of idealised idea that anybody... Oh, an idealised idea. Idealised idea, there you go. There we go. Mm. Um, Anyway, which is... It's an idea that's coalesced into a form. There we go. Yes. And a faction. A delegation. I've got to keep the terminology correct. Yeah, which would be um, which is hard, and it, and, of things worth to keep and saying dimension rather than plane and um, is is sort of tricky as well. Yeah, but um, it's it is that essential sort of core of what um the American dream was meant to be sort of in the past. I wouldn't necessarily say these days, but hey, manifest destiny. Yeah, the the sort of thought that anybody can build up to be anything that everything is in your own control and if you just work hard enough and you know you accomplish things and then everything will be hunky-dory and you know mom and apple pie and all of that exactly sort of, a chicken in every garage and a car in every pot and that sort of thing <laughs> exactly um, yeah. and and I, the 50s eisenhower um sends the racism will avoid the racism um the fabulists were another one that we, we actually started talking about, and so we might leave that. In, That's Hollywood. Yeah, That's the, the, mani- the mani- upcoming, um, upcoming little riff session that we had. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Hollywood and... Um, and that's interesting, so, so listen to that. So that's kind of where we're at with slippers. Um, and we, we're going to work through a lot more concepts, get the delegations down while I've, I'm fiddling around with mechanics. And we've got a live document that we're actually working on to fill with just this stuff at the moment. The mechanics are starting to shake down and we're happy with the flippy tiles and we're happy with the um, we're happy with the dice mechanic and we think they're kind of original, which is always good. And um, we, we like the um, environment. And unfortunately, I wish we'd started thinking about doing this podcast a lot earlier because we've had some very interesting philosophical discussions about the nature of reality um, in coming up with our, you know, six dimensions and the pathways between them. And, and I mean, at one point we were going, well, so what happens if you die in the game? Because doesn't that just shunt you back to limbo or <laughs> to dream? Um, because there's not... I mean, death is just one step on the path. So it's interesting um, looking at the Venn diagram between mechanics and 
philosophy, and that's what makes it really interesting. To us, anyway. Yeah, to us, which is why why we're doing this, which is exactly why we're doing this. Um, So, I think we'll leave it there as an intro. You got anything else to add? No, no, I think um, that's a, a good brief introduction. Yeah, so enjoy our waffly talk about um, delegations and trying to thrash through. We we need to we we, we want to start with six delegations because that seems to be a good number, and we've got six dimensions. Although we're not necessarily going to tie each delegation to a dimension. Um, and next week we will continue our conversation. I'll, I'm I'm gonna I'm taking the taking the wheel on this with most of the mechanic stuff i would think at the moment and we'll go from there okay enjoy thank you very much for listening dictates what you yourself are actually doing so if you get blasted and you so your physically your you're implicitly a material person because that's where you've come from yeah you go and visit the realm of death yes you're a delegation from earth and, and if, so if, what if you're a robot We have a problem. Well, no, not really, because robots have souls. Do they? Why not? Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. It, you know, there's a lot of, essentially a lot of fiction around that basically goes along the lines of God ex- gods exist because we believe in them. Yes. So in other words... Foucauldian. Because, because we create something, therefore something exists. Yeah. And... Maybe that applies to everything. Now, if you think about... So, gods and creatures like that are things that we create in our minds and therefore they exist in our, in a, in our mind sort of thing. Yeah. But, if they're then able to interact in the material realm at all... Then we assume then, 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 they are. Then they have some sort of physical presence, right? Yes. So they're material. I can, you know, I'm not so, arguing with material. So robots are the are the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you think, so gods, gods and spirits and all of that sort of monsters and all of that sort of thing that we recreate through the basis of thinking about them, therefore they pop into existence. Yes. They would be ninety nine percent. Mind one percent body. If enough, so pe- a robot is a ninety nine percent body, one percent spirit. If enough kids clap around the world, Tinker Bell will survive. Pretty much, pretty much on that sort of principle. Okay, right? yes. So, so, so Data has a soul, just not as much of a soul as a human. Yeah, but much. he has more material than a human. Yeah. Okay. Much. No, I'll give you that. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay. So we were at limbo, material. Death, spirit. No, I keep doing that, don't I? Dream, 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 material, dream limbo. material, limbo, death, death spirit, spirit ascendancy. ascendancy. Okay. So, we assume... Yeah, it's the death in, death on, in battle that's, that's continues to be the problem. Okay, let's not relate it to mind, body, soul. Okay, I don't think that's the wrong way. I also need to work out how the cube works a bit better, Um, I think... Yeah. Um, I think there's sort of general universe concepts and then there's game concepts. Then there's game concepts. So if we can sort out general universal concepts, then try and fit game concepts around them. And if the game concepts won't work with them, then we can adjust the universal concepts. Right, yeah. Or alternately, we just keep playing with the game concept until it fits what the universal concept is and the universal concept is the constant and we don't dick with that so much. One thing I've noticed in doing it is I keep relating it back to delegations. 
I keep going, how do delegations use this? And I don't know why, it's just the way I'm thinking. Um, where, okay... Um, well, it helps us. It gives you a, um, a fixed point of reference for certain things, right? So mm. in other words, if we've got a delegation that um, is one that has a particular agenda... Mm. I'm just trying to... Because we, we had one delegation that was based around death, right? And it was a, basically a whole bunch of um, people in grey suits... Did we? Yeah, we 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 sort of threshed out this. Um, it was a concept of, it was essentially the militaristic one, and they were just all, all they were all basically accountants. That's how they looked. Oh, it, the it's the whole aspect, Hades, the Hades, 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 the, the the war bureaucrat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right, and they all look the same. Well, yeah. Did they all look the same? Well, yeah. no, they all sort of they all sort of basically look like. 45-year-old dumpy white men. That's right. And suits. That's right. And they were the military-industrial complex. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. But they were the death... They were the death. They were the death yeah, at, the, at their heart, they, they were because death. They, because they're war, therefore they're death. Yes. yes. So, they're, yeah, they're essentially the military-industrial complex. As I said, David Thulis, the accountant, yeah. <laughs> was Hades, which was a nice touch. Pity about, pity about the end of that movie. Um, yeah. Um, the latest um, Ken and Robin talk about stuff. They were talking about um, there was a, a American Air Force um, white paper on something. What was it? I can't remember what the exact name for it was, but the idea the, the idea was to stop the Earth's rotation in the event of a nuclear strike, so the nukes would overshoot. What? And the idea the idea was to get one thousand Atlas engines. Uh, <laughs> put them at various states around the US and fire them up at once. And apparently it's uh, it's completely flawed because of the amount of engines you'd actually need is more like in the trillions or yeah, something. Yeah, totally. You'd need, you'd need, I know, I know. You'd need but, but, like infinite energy. It's an interesting thought though. Well, so another, Superman so, could so, do it. So the segment was mm. what possible reason in the Delta Green universe could there be for the Air Force to propose this? In yeah. other words, what what's the Cthulhuoid type thing? Right. And okay, like, so Delta Green's Cthulhu military. Delta Green is yeah, it's some um, sixties um, acid trip. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cthulhu. 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 Yeah, yeah, got it. Got it. Little green men in DS nine terms. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that sort of thing. So, um, and it was like, what possible? It's like, well, and it's quite interesting here because um, Ken can be quite cynical about stuff, obviously. <laughs> and he's basically pointing out the Air Force is the youngest of the services. Sometimes they come up with crazy no, shit. No, it isn't. The Space Force is. Yeah, well, now. <laughs> um, but Robin was pointing out that um, it's also one of the ones that's most reliant on contractors. And contractors... Oh, is it? Yeah. I suppose it would be, yeah. That would make sense. Boeing and... Yeah, exactly. You contract out and yet people mm. compete for contracts yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of thing and then contracts get awarded yeah, to places it's, where it's Yeah, because it's, it's gear, it's not boys yeah. on the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so it's basically, what, you know, if, if you were to be mundane about it, the mundane explanation is is that it would be very good politics to basically build a thousand extra engines that aren't going to aircraft right, that yeah. could be made around the place. Yeah. But what's the actual reason for it type of thing? Right. But that's the sort of thing we're talking about with the military-industrial complex, right? So right. we're talking about... Well, a lot of jobs. The commodification, yeah. So the <laughs> There's a lot of jobs, and a lot of congressional districts would be very happy in, in Michigan and Ohio. Yeah. So it's entirely based upon death, and it has the whole creating... You know, wars for the purpose of selling up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, which is the purpose of wars generally, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So there's no, you know, there's no real basis to it. There's no, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All yeah. Of that sort of thing. They've so come up. They've come up with a bullshit basis to it, just so they can go off and do it. Yeah. So we can sort of take that to those sorts of extremes, but mm. I mean, and then they need to have a purpose for being out in the world and what they're doing out in the world for that sort of thing. Right. Um, but what I mean, are what what, what are they doing? World. What are they doing? Yeah, what are they doing in the mansion? Well, okay. If you've got a whole bunch of people who have, are they trying to? I mean, the obvious thing is they're trying to weaponize anything that they can lay their hands on. Well, they're also trying to sell to anybody they can sell to. That's true. Yeah, because we've got the gadgets too. Uh, so I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah that's know, true. If you if you've got your your limbo population. Mm. And if there's any factions in your limbo populations where they don't all get along and that sort of thing, then it's an opening for the military-industrial complex to nudge up to some of the guys in limbo and say hi. Hey, do you want this you yeah. know, gadget? Oh, shit, our Earth tech doesn't work here. Well, we'll yeah. just set up some limbo factories producing yeah. limbo. Have a radium cannon. 
yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's just basically expansionism of the thing. So it kind of exists for the reason that it exists, mm. and it perpetuates for the reason that, that you it perpetuate because it allows it to continue to exist. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what you then end up with is something that exists for the purpose of existing, and that's its only purpose for existing. Yeah, as opposed to, like, the American dream have a goal. Yeah. Whatever that goal happens to be, yeah. you know, pseudo-religious, you know, manifest destiny nonsense, mm. right? They have a goal. The military-industrial complex doesn't have a goal. No, it's... it's, um, it's they're, they're just there to be there to be there. Well, yeah. money money and power. It has a purpose, yeah. but it doesn't have a goal. It doesn't have a goal, exactly. There's no, there's no end point for no. them. No, no. Their purpose is to expand and keep growing and accumulate power and wealth. Yeah. But there is no end goal for them. As opposed to the... Because an end goal would actually cease their existence. As opposed to the gnomes of Zurich. Well, they don't have an end goal either. It's just wealth for the sake of wealth. I mean, they're, they're basically dwarves. Steal underpants. Step one, steal underpants. Yeah. Step two, we don't know. Step three, profit. That's what the gnomes of Zurich... I mean, what is their end goal? Maybe they have a goal but no purpose. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, end goal. Profit. Yeah. <laughs> but what okay, but the, the the profit can lead to something, right? So yeah. um Age of Sigma mm. the Fire Slayers faction, mm. they collect Urgold. Which is? Urgold is what's resulted from their deity exploding. So they're essentially collecting bits of their deity, which means right. there must be a finite... Earth well, that, that makes... Or th- th- that's like a goal. That. Right, so... Fire slayers. They're troll slayers. Yeah, I know, they are. Um, but they're mercenaries. So they're not They're not out to die. Oh, okay. So that's they've, cha- the they've, changed, they've changed the goal. Yeah. Okay. What's the dwarven god's name? I've forgotten. That was Grimnir, I think. Grimnir. Grimnir, of course it was. Mm. Um, so... All right, going into something else that we sort of briefly discussed, when you're talking about, I think yeah, there's another game that you're talking about, right? We got um, antibodies. Oh yeah. Right. We've got the whole um, Lord of the Mansion in pieces, trying mm. to re- maybe reconstitute. Who knows? Mm. Maybe people are trying to reconstitute him. Who knows? Mm. Maybe the well, gnome, I've been both. Maybe the gnomes of Zurich has antibodies. So they're trying to keep him so in they're, pieces. They're, no, he's well. Literally, oh, they're defending him. They're trying to bring him back together. Oh, why? So maybe because it's because it's their goal. Right. They don't have a purpose because there is antibodies. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's their so goal. So it's a primal drive. But hang on, no, no, that doesn't work for the gnomes of Zurich because the whole principle of the gnomes of Zurich is it's like money and power. That's what they do. I like where you're going with this as antibodies, but we need a different faction okay, that that, different that do that. The gnomes okay, of Zurich, no, cool. yeah, the gnomes of Zurich are not that. Um, they are just you know they're the the cliche gold. If you say gnomes of Zurich, and they think of Illuminati. Okay, so that's you know. okay. right. So, so but we're coming up with another faction. So the gnomes of Zurich agreed. Right. Yeah. So you've got so you've kind of got. Don't say Conce- seven deadly sins. Well, Conce- well, conceptual motivations and physical motivations. Yes. Right? Primal, primal motivations and conceptual motivations. Yes. So you've got motivations which are very much um, sentient person motivations, mm. and you've got motivations which are very much body function, reactionary, animalistic. Yeah, material. Material. Yeah. Yeah. Material. No, I mean, seven, seven deadly sins is kind of trite, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, don't go there. Yeah. And I don't want to have to do a faction based on sloth. <laughs> Oh no! It would make sense, and all the thirteen-year-olds would love the miniatures. AKA the Tory Party. I'd say we got Slanesh, but Slanesh is dead. May he she rest in peace. Yeah, no, Slanesh is on the way back. Just trapped. Okay. Anyway, um, I came up with the Fabulists, which were Hollywood. Don't know how it relates to this. But the whole and it's a very postmodern and I remember after it's another re- dream, right? After reading Fantasyland, a lot of my because I was reading Fantasyland at the same time as we were doing a lot of this original stuff, and that came out of that, right. and it was a case of the 
entertainment industrial complex, for want of a better word, and what the difference is between... It's very postmodern. What is real and what is the Hollywood dream that's been manufactured. There's a really interesting example in the book that's always stood out to me. In Florida somewhere, there's a town run by Disney mm. that people live in. Mm. And essentially, and most of them are like Disney employees and it's next to one of the one of the parks. And they live in this community that is ostensibly a a Disney community, like a, a non-real community, right. right? And it's taking that, and even like looking at during going on the cruise ship, it's like that cruise ship is a non-real city. Yeah. It's yeah. essentially a city, you know. All right, so hear me out. Yeah. The Fabulists mm. are the opposites of the military-industrial complex. Right. This is how. They're sensates. The military-industrial complex is about things mm. and Free feeding things into the mill. Mm. Nothing has any intrinsic value above and beyond anything else. Mm. If something costs a lot more to make, that doesn't really matter, right? So mm. you've got a whole bunch of man hours that go into something. doesn't really matter. It all feeds the machine, mm. right? So people feed the machine a gun, a bullet. Everything else feeds the machine, mm. right? You need a lot more bullets than you need aircraft. So that it kind of equals out, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Flip that around. Fabulists are about the primacy of the person itself and not the, the bits individual. and pieces around them. And that fits nicely with, like, Californian politics as well. So it's the individual versus, like, the um, the masses. So what the fabulists actually represent is a faction which has a presence on Earth mm. but has detached itself from Earth to a large degree. Earth is used as a training ground. So right? they're living the dream, Earth, so to speak. Earth is used as a training ground. Yeah. So you learn things on Earth in your acting classes and all of those sorts of things. How they get replicated in movies and all special effects. Yeah. But what they are is whereas whereas they're not real on Earth, mm. they're real in other dimensions because that's how you conceive of them to be. Yes. So if you transfer a fabulist from Earth, mm. where he's just an actor who's a bit of a weenie puff and whatever, mm. and you transfer him into the dream realm yeah or something like Arnie, that Arnie would be a god warrior he would be a ninja yeah yeah well no he'd be a god warrior yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay exactly. I, yeah, so, yeah. He's, so, so he's he's manifesting in the matrix as whatever he has created as his persona and that's the per- and that's the purpose the fabulists have kind of given up on earth in a way because they can't actually get the Ooh, I like that. that they need yeah yeah I so knew, what, I knew, it's like fishing with you I give you I throw <laughs> you a concept and away you go so so what you get is a, a like a playoff against the military industrial complex where that primarily exists on earth at the moment and mm. is trying to infil- infiltrate in other places mm. to expand into that and do everything they can. The, the fabulists are kind of the opposite to their, they're a polar opposite to them. Mm. They can't stand what they actually stand for because they don't stand for the people yes. or a person or all of that sort of thing. Mm. They're purely ideological, mm. and this is how you end up yeah. fucking Sean Penn and George Clooney interested in politics and all that. Sort of, <laughs> exactly. Know, That's a, there's, then, no, there's nowhere else to go. But if you actually flip that, mm. George Clooney in the dream realm mm. is like a primary diplomat. I was about to say, a politician. He's got <laughs> yeah. to be a politician. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sean but Penn. not only a politician, he's basic. He's Sean Penn would be the, the character out of that batshit crazy novel that he wrote. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, I, I did. He he wrote this, yeah, and, 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 and he pretended it. that he like had found it, and it was Papa Gary or something. I I downloaded it. It was free on Audible, and 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 obviously Sean, gosh, that man is not like I mean, he's a he's a really liberal, nice nut job, yeah. but my God, he's a nut job. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's an egotistical nut job. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> it comes down to yeah. So so you sort of end up with them as being like. A, it's a people over things, but it's still a military organization in a way. I also like the. Is it that no? I th- I not, look I look at more like okay, not military. Um, what warrior monks? Superheroes. Right. Superheroes. Yeah, they're superheroes. superheroes. They're superheroes. Yeah, superheroes is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're basically like if you play Warcraft, um, the way they fight is superheroes, bunch of individuals. Right, there's no like phalanxes of you know Roman legions. Right, there's if if the demons are attacking, then you summon all of the superheroes. Right, it's essentially a superhero metaphor, and that's what they are. Everybody's trying to create their own superhero to project into the multiverse. Yeah, so you end up with South, I should, South got, Park's Imagination Land. I gotta stop. 
Yeah, yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I've got to stop saying multiverse. It's dimensions. We're sticking with dimensions for yeah. the word. Yeah, just because multiverse is Marvel sounding. And planes and all that is like Magic the Gathering. And, yeah. You know, and I mean, that's hard. Um, okay, so we've got the Fabulous. What I do like about the Fabulous as well is you've polarised them against another faction, and mm. that's always handy for gameplay. Mm. You know, we can say, okay, well, these guys hate each other. They are binaries. Mm. Who would oppose the Gnomes of Zurich if, it, <sighs> if they're just like Goldie Greed? I mean, where's the, and where's the American Dream fit in? I suppose you need to work out what the American dream actually is and does. What we have down here at the moment is we had like a kind of quasi-religious um, belief that anyone can become a millionaire if they work hard enough crossed with Americans have this destiny to do it. We'll get, lose the racial stuff from Manifest Destiny, but basically the manifest there's a manifest destiny for Americans. Every American, if they work hard enough, can be a millionaire. Mm. Right. So, I mean, it's sort of all of that thrown in. We've partially... Yeah. That par- kind of puts them on a track with the gnomes, which is a bit... Like, in other words, it's a... I mean, um, it's a materialistic. The are agreed as good type thing, but yeah, but no, no. The American dream has more of a there's there's a there's a belief aspect to it as well. The gnomes have no belief. The gnomes are about gold is good, right? And gold and through 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 gold comes power. Um, yeah. there there is a belief in we are the chosen. Right, right. So they're like the British aristocracy. Yeah, we are the we are the chosen. We are the elite. Yeah, but it, it applies to an entire bloody country. You know, we are the chosen. We are elite, regardless. Like any American, you know, yeah. um, somewhere deep seated, there is that. So that's. I mean, we can always dump it. I mean, I mean, we've partitioned off a part of the part of the American dream is the fabulists, and part of the American dream is the military industrial complex, and we have to come up with a better name for that. Yeah. Right, we've partitioned off a bit of that already, and part of it is the gnomes of Zurich. That's the problem. So maybe we're focused on the belief aspect of it. So you got the gnomes. Of, well, the gnomes of Zurich are kind of isolationists, right? In yes. Certain terms of that, whereas I mean, the American dream is a anybody can do anything type thing. Mm. Um, okay. What about antibodies? Who would be antibodies that are on Earth? Who would be defending the mansion on Earth? You'd have to have a reason for doing it. And who would be bringing it down on Earth? Someone's got to be. Someone's got to be the bad guy. We've got to have a villain. Uh, who'd be bringing it down? <laughs> well, the, the gnomes would be bringing it down if they're isolationists. You would think the gnomes yeah. would have a motivation to bring it down. Okay, so taking a. So the people trying to restore it, who are the antibodies? Mm-hmm. Just trying. So it's we won't call them antibodies. Well, they are. The antibodies are from the point of view of, of, of there's no necessary final goal, right? It's right. A, it's, it's just a, defend. It's a, it's a defend the fortress. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a well, it's gain. It's kind of like a purpose without a final goal. So this the the final goals are not necessarily mm. to reconstitute the. The, no, the it's just dimension. to defend. But it might happen. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, which kind of puts me in mind of archaeologists, classicists, and all of that sort of thing, from the point of view of like we need a scholar group. So go on. Exactly, it's a scholar group, right? Mm. What's the purpose of that sort of scholarly pursuit to study? What's the purpose of studying history? Mm. What's the purpose of going up and digging up a pot? Right. Right. <laughs> There isn't a final goal that you're trying to get to there. I mean, you can basically say, "Oh, it's yeah. knowledge." You're really ad- no, you're, you're, you're right? adding to the body of knowledge. So you got, but but you've got a purpose, mm. and your purpose is to sort of go out and do stuff. And they're the sort of people who will be trained to do that, right? Mm. So they're the sort of people who are trained to see a thread in a manuscript and keep following it to finally end up at a certain yes. point. They're the people yeah. who are trained to go in and carefully extract the thing without damaging it yeah. and all of those sorts of things, right? So 
if there's no... You either end up with the power behind the throne for them, kind of directing them to do stuff without it revealing itself. Um, I like this. Yeah, okay. And, so And so they're kind of the minions of the power behind the throne with the point of view of trying to get all of these things together. Yes. Yes, they're collectors and hoarders. Yeah. That's important because... Like, and cataloguers and record keepers. Exactly, and exactly. And, and wizards in gameplay terms, they'd be, they'd be inherently mined. But they would be the antibodies. They would be inherently defending... And is it defending... It is kind of defending the status quo, but not. Because as you said, if the Shattered Lord does re-manifest, then yay, that's a bonus. But they don't care if it doesn't. And so you can draw back... So the, the flip side is, is the, the um, going back to Daredevil season two, mm. you know, the whole point was to open up that um, gateway to be able to get the bones of the dragon so the people could then yeah. um, be um, immortal, right? Because yes. that's what they used to wear costumes. Yeah. So it's a similar sort of thing, right? So the bits of the Shattered Lord mm. are able to be used in other capacities. Mm. Everybody else probably wants it for their own reasons. So the military industrial complex can weaponize it. The gnomes as Zurich. Yeah. It's the most valued commodity on the market. No, no, they yes. won't necessarily do anything. With okay, it, yeah. Right? Um, the fabulists Weird may not care. <laughs> Weird stone. It's the MacGuffin. Yeah. It's yeah. the MacGuffin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the MacGuffin. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Um, so... That's why they collect it, to preserve it. Mm. And that's the purpose of, obviously, you know, mm. going out and getting artifacts and all of those sorts of bits and pieces. It's not to sort of start throwing bits of pottery at people. It's no. to yeah, yeah, yeah. the pots and put them in nice glass yeah. cabinets. Yeah. Um, so the flip side of it is going to be basically somebody who doesn't care anything about the past and the order and all of that sort of thing. It's so sort of an, an, an anarchist, anarchist type, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Steampunks. It's got punk in it. Oh, yeah, I know. No, I know. But we need to try... And the whole thing is kind of steampunk. Um, no, yeah, we need... Okay, so that's... So We need something that opposes the antibodies who is dead set. Yeah, and they're nihilists. I mean, they want to destroy everything because you assume... Well, they don't know that the Lord, the Lord's relationship... Well, it's not even destroy everything, right? It's not go back to the past. So right. it's, move, it's the moving forward. Always moving forward. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's so the, it's, it's the moving forward type of thing. That's the Disney. You don't learn lessons from the past. You know, history doesn't repeat itself. That's, yeah. all, that's all a bunch of bullshit made yeah. up by the professors in their ivory towers. Yes. Ivory towers coincidentally made of the bones of the Lord. We definitely, <laughs> yeah, we definitely need literal ivory towers. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that... That, so that's how the professors manifest on the um the dream the dream universe. Yeah, and they can all wear, and they can all wear white as our little funny joke that they're antibodies. Actually, they're gonna have to revert to the dream universe because like scholars just daydreaming their time away in their ivory towers is the yeah. perfect symbolism. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they they can. We got to be careful that we don't want to locate everybody in dream. I mean, I know dreams an easy catch all. But no, we, but well, the anarchist side of things wouldn't no want to go to dream. Um, well, they'd be limbo. Well, no. Yeah, well, no. Well, we can go with two of them. We limbo's can, a state of nothing. We can so. go with a hard edge. We're going to screw the mansion as one faction. And we go with a we don't care, we're batshit crazy, which is another faction. I think they're separate factions. Their, their goals are both to um, upset the balance, mm. as it were and destroy everything, but they're coming at it from two very different directions. So, yeah, you, you, we kind of need a hard edge. I mean, in fantasy terms, you know, I don't know, undead or death knights or, you know, something something nihilist or demons. Yeah, I was going to say, the undead are sort of the... Um, yeah, d- yeah. No, no, no real preference. They're sort of the military-industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, we need demons yeah. or, you know, lawful evil. We need, we need a lawful evil and we need a chaotic neutral. In those terms. And the anarchist work out as the chaotic... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. it's but just we, we need those. Of, we yeah. kind of need a... Um, we need a... We're going to fuck everybody and fuck them again. Um, just for the sake of... No, not for the sake of it, for an end goal. Um, the military and country... I'm trying to get visions of Jackson Pollock. 
for some reason. I'm getting visions of artists and I'm getting visions of people randomly splashing things onto canvases. Mm. But the sort of artist that um, doesn't sell their work as a commodity and burns it. That's like that's an aspect. Pikmin. Let's call them Pikmins. Pikmin? The Pikmin. Pikmin's model? So it's a Lovecraft re- right, reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he paints yeah. pictures of stuff that actually exists. As the ghouls and it, stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And the the big twist is that it's actually it's exactly. actually real. Yeah. Let's call them the Pikmin. That's cool. We're gonna get some Cthulhu in somewhere. Like the big the big bad in Cthulhu as a thoth is completely nihilistic, right. right? And if we're talking about having great elder things out there that are opposing the mansion, hmm. right? Yeah, the new one. As a thoth is kind of I don't want to go for cults and worshippers because that's dull. Um, I yeah. like where we are at the moment. Um, I'm just thinking out loud, but um, you know, as a thoth is kind of, kind of the symbol of, you know, you must die. Um, okay, so the Pikmin, we've got some art in there. That's interesting. It's very pretentious. I don't know how we represent that on a game board. So if you think about any any Lovecraft reference is a good reference in a game in a game term yeah if you think about okay it's a difference between a band of people put together for a purpose mm. and a central figure and some automata yes so the nihilist is a central figure and some automata right I'm gonna write automaton down because so it's it's literally one powerful guy who you know, yeah, yeah, and and a cut. cuts a finger, sprays some blood, yeah, yeah, and he gets ghouls pop up, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's him. Yes. So it, the it, king and his dragon teeth. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So he's that sort of thing. Whereas, whereas your um, your academics, mm. they mount an expedition and they get together yes. a specialist from each particular thing, and they're individually weak, but together. Together, they yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, well, it is. It's one vampire and lots of lots of yeah. skellies yeah, 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 versus yeah. So that, an adventuring band. Yeah, mm. so that gives you your, your different types of things, right? So yeah, you've got, yeah. you've got different ver- variety in the delegations. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got your nihilists essentially gathering themselves um, specific spiritual power through the creation and destruction of things and constantly Are they altars? forwards. Can we put the altars in there, the duplicates? They would definitely have those as potential minions, I think, yes. So let's do that. So not all of their stuff would necessarily be that. No, but, but it's, a version but that it's they there. Can do. As opposed to, okay, so that's. Well, means... the ultimate nihilist ex. Um, you know, ex. ex uh, exclamation. It's not the word I'm looking for. Expression. expression. The ultimate nihilist yeah. expression is that here I am to oppose you, and here's all my minions, which are also me. Exactly. It's it's yeah. it's like you know. So it's like. Um, and none of us matter when we're all the same. And none of us. It's matter. like it's like mirror image, right? It's like casting. Mirror it's exactly image. what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apart from I am still the big important one. You can always see I'm the big important one. So I'm not doing this to make you wonder where the fuck I am. Yeah. You know where the fuck I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I am it's here. Just, I'm, I'm the six foot six me. Yeah, and these are the five foot six. Me. And now, and now I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we. <laughs> it's funny. With the others, we've got the background, but not the play. This, we've got the play, but not the background. We need to work out how that fits into one of our ideological Earth models and and limbo. And, and yeah, we, and we need anarchists. We just haven't worked out who they are. We need something yeah. funny and clever from modern society that would pop that up. We can think about it. We've done. We've done all right today. I need to write this stuff up. Oh, he's got his squinty eyes. Oh, they're kind of trust fund babies in a way, right? I'm just kind of thinking. Okay, kinda, go on. Well, <laughs> Anything that makes fun of the rich is a good thing. But yeah, so well, you've kind of got a situation with a whole bunch of people who are all, basically all about me, I, my pain, my suffering, mm. but also. They don't really care about stuff where they're coming from, where they're going, and that sort of thing. Mm. I'm kind of wondering if that doesn't actually kind of relegate the gnomes as Europe to a shadowy organisation in the background who's, who fund them. 
Okay, well, that's dope. Indirectly. Yeah. So you've got your gnomes as Yurik, who are essentially pumping money into the trust fund baby nihilists. Yeah. I think we started with the gnomes as Yurik, but the, the delegations have evolved since then, I think, because we just went, gnomes as Yurik are cool. Um, well, also, the gnomes... Or they're, or they're just part of the, the whole... No, the gnomes as Yurik can essentially thrust you back into what its initial thing was, right? So the whole, what was, the whole comment was basically the gnomes as Yurik was, in other words, these sort of pointy-headed guys sitting in Zurich sort yeah. of sending out edicts around the world. Yes. So if the gnomes of Zurich are... A, so if they're actually one major faction yeah. that are behind the scenes and they run the nihilists, they also run, run the, the military, military industrial complex. complex. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and then they also have... Well, and then you have some... And then the mansion is well, behind... The mansion itself is behind the fabulists and the academics. Yes. So that then gives you your two opposed. That it works, and and the anarchists are con- well. The anarchists are against everything, which happens to include the mansion, but also includes everything else. Yeah, and that, but they're sort of the anarcho syndicalist commune type. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, we just okay. So we need we need to put anarchists on a world stage, as opposed to your cliched like red mohawk and nose ring punk. Uh, yeah. So we need to mull that. Something will pop up. Yeah. I'll have to read The Guardian. But also, well, it's also whether it's pure anarchy in that sort of sense or if it's just a... Well, it could be... Decentralised. Well, the thing is, it, yeah, it could be a... Um, it's not... That's why I don't want it clichéd anarchy. Yeah. N- none of our others are clichés. Right, except the gnomes of Zurich, and that's the point. Yeah, they are a cliche. They because, are a cliche. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but that's the point of them is they are a cliche. It's like um, the Cthulhu stuff is a cliche because it's a cliche, you know, yeah. because it's. Um, so we need to come out of how anarchy. How anarchy, forms. Within a very because they're sending an actual delegation. Remember, they're sending diplomatic de- delegations to you know the invisible mansion in the sky. Oh. They have to have some sort of organization, and they have to have some sort of reputation and reputability, right? They can't just be oh well, well a bunche of guys show so up. So are they a bit of a cliche as well? Are they um, monks on a monastery on the highest mountain in Tibet type? Zen, Buddha. We do need ninjas. I hate to say because I hate fucking ninjas, but um, we do need ninjas. No, we don't need ninjas. Um, I hate ninjas. I'm so over ninjas. I'm sick. To, I, I, I understood what Ben Enderland was getting at when, when you know, oh, there are ninjas. There's yeah. always ninjas. Ninja and also, and, and Team NT, the foot. It's like, oh, yeah. fucking ninjas again. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I just like yeah, the ninja hedge. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's just ninjas. <laughs> and it's, and no, even even the tick makes comments. It's like, oh, there's always ninjas. There's like so many ninjas. Um, okay, so go with the monks. What's the monks? Um, or like um, the light, the light side of the coin and the dark crystal, the opposite to the Skeksis. Those types of... Oh, the... the sort of a secret. Mystics. Mystics. Look at that. I can pull that out of my ass. Yeah. So We're going to watch it. Sam and I are going to watch it. Sort of a Cetics type thing, right? So, mm. essentially, um, non-violent, no fucking martial arts. Yeah, yeah, right? good. You know, the the um, protest by sitting in a square and immolating yourself. Right. Type, you know... Um, the Gandhi type pacifism. Yeah, hard to represent on a game board. No, but we're not right. So if we, because they're the architects behind the mansion. Oh, you're talking about a, a, a behind the scenes, about, like the gnomes of Zurich. Sorry, I'm talking about the opposite. Okay. Of the gnomes yeah. Of Zurich. Okay. Yeah. Which, so which are ascetics. Yeah. So they're they're pacifistic. They don't get out and fight. We can avoid ninjas and warrior monks. Yes. Um, yes, we will be. But and they're the ones who support. The fabulists and the the site the um, academics behind the scenes. Okay, yeah, no, that'll work. We can work. We can work with that. We still because I mean, if you think about um fucking Hollywood, they're always traipsing off to India or that's in, true. In, 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 in <laughs> it's or something it's like a that. cunning play, but the, also which, which but also, also Hollywood runs. Unfortunately, Hollywood runs on money. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the gnomes of Zurich are trying to infiltrate, infiltrate via the money, which is why you got Scientology. 
Oh, oh take that. So, well, and also, so not, well, I mean, and also, people lose the path. The thing is, they get they do get got by the gnomes of Zurich. Mm. They do get got by the money, and they're not able to ascend into their Arnold Schwarzenegger, the the, you know, Conan warrior that he manifests. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do get they slide off the off the track. They decide more cars are better than actual artistic integrity. That's the thing, artistic integrity. Right. You know wh- whether you've sold out your artistic. If you sell out your artistic inte- integrity, the knowns of Zurich, then you're fucked. Mm. All right, but if you can maintain artistic integrity, then you have something with the fabulists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if the artist artistic integrity is the thing that allows you to project. Yes, exactly. So you lose your artistic integrity. You may gain material wealth in our plane. Yes. But you, you lose... But you're going to lose... To, yeah, to yeah. Interact. You're going to show but, up as a half So what the Gnome to Zero can do for you there is engage the military-industrial complex to help you out and, like, suit you up so you can still travel through. Right, yes. But you sort of get the whole link in between. Yeah, them. which is the difference between a leader and a minion yeah. in within the fabulists. Minions are... And it's not how good you are as an actor. It's how artistically, you know, together you yeah. are. So... And it doesn't always have to be actors. You can be... I mean, artistic integrity, that is interesting because it broadens it out of the Hollywood spectrum. Yeah. And it's any artist. So the fabulous and the nihilist are sort of being set up as two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. But what I'm kind of thinking is, is if, if we flip a trope on its head a little bit with the fabulists, mm. so... The whole Hollywood complex, even though it's centred on the actors and that's what you see and they're the big ones. Yeah. When they go on a slip mission into some other dimension, mm. they're not represented by a whole bunch of further images themselves, that sort of thing. No. They've got their best boy, their grip, their <laughs> So in other words, the whole of Hollywood is actually geared towards this particular geared mission. To... Yes. Yeah. And all of your... Staff, and that explains why at the end of the thing everybody gets a mention in the credits, right? It's that sort of <laughs> it's, so, so it's a whole and it's a holistic sort of thing. Yeah, it's not, and so it's Hollywood they're all individuals and they're all involved, in, but we're going to make sure everybody's an individual, even though it's a group effort. Yeah, and everybody gets yeah, as exactly. opposed as opposed to the millions of me. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, so, so that in other words, proves so, why credits exist, and that's also why they're not why Hollywood, even though it seems to be based on the individual and all of that sort of thing, mm. they're not nihilists because mm. it's a group effort. Well, and it also proves why they're very liberal, and it's a big liberal love in in California. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, as opposed to even though they have all this huge materialist thing going on you know that's the that's the irony of california is it's one of the most liberal places on earth and it's yeah. also one of the most wealthy mm-hmm. you know it's it's the liberal elite as trump likes to call it mm. i better write some of those things <laughs> <laughs>